Well, good morning, church. Uh, I really hope you've managed to have a bit of a break over the summer and that you're ready for this term ahead, even in all the weirdness that we're still very much experiencing. But, you know, a big step forward with the kids going back to school after pretty much six months at home. And, you know, we rely on those kind of marker points in our calendar, things like the kids going back to school. We rely on those marker points in our year to orient us to where we are. And that's something that's really been missing over the last six months. One marker point for us as a church is what we're doing today, Vision Sunday, that we do uh, in September each year at the start of a new academic year. And it's a chance to both look back on the year that's just gone by, as well as look forward to what we believe God has for us in the year ahead. And also today, towards the end of this talk, uh, I've got a big announcement to make about a pretty significant move that we're making as a church. So it was this time last year that I stood up on the platform in our three physical in-person Sunday morning meetings to present and unpack what we as a team of leaders felt that God had been saying to us over the previous couple of years, the direction that he was leading us in, the, the vision that we felt he was giving us. And that vision is to be a diverse church of thousands that surrounds and saturates High Wycombe with the love of Jesus. And I unpacked some of the historical and prophetic foundations of that, um, and I'm not going to go into all of that detail again, because actually you can read all of that in, in here, in this vision booklet. And if you don't have a hard copy of this, which will obviously be the case for many of you, then there's an online version on the vision page of our website. And I'd really recommend that you read through this because uh, it does give a really good flavour and overview of our vision and what we're all about. Um, and you can also watch the talk from this time last year on our podcast page as well. One thing I do remember saying, though, is that we have no intention of getting comfortable and, uh, you know, I had no idea what lay ahead and no idea at all. I mean, I can say with absolute confidence that the ride that we've been on this year and uh, continue to be on is, is anything but comfortable. You know, this is a very challenging time for all of us. And yet, in spite of all of that, we've made some great progress in some key areas. So what I said last year, and again, what it, what it says in this booklet, is that in order to pursue this big, broad vision that God has given us. There are three things that we must do as well and as faithfully as we can. One, we must pray. Two, we must grow people. And three, we must reach out. Pray, grow people, reach out. So thinking about prayer for just a minute. If we're to get anywhere near that vision, then we have to recognise our utter dependence on God and so we must pray. We must pray. And, you know, I think that we're praying more than ever before, both corporately and individually. We've had some really powerful bursts of prayer and fasting with our weeks of prayer. And as you know, there's another one starting tomorrow with our 24-7 prayer week. So let me encourage you, get signed up for at least one slot if you haven't already done so. It is an essential way that all of us, every single one of us, can be part of this vision. We must pray. And we've been prayer walking over the summer, really looking to saturate our town with prayer and with the love of God. We've established a weekly rhythm of corporate prayer with our Thursday prayer meetings. And, and we're now trying to get established in a monthly rhythm of fasting on the first Thursday of the month. We've also had loads of people go through the prayer course to strengthen our individual prayer lives. We want to be and we must be a church that is devoted to prayer. And we're not there yet. We're really not there yet. But we are moving in the right direction. 
The second thing was growing people. So growing ourselves and growing others. And a key development in the last year or so has been our chapter one discipleship experience, which many of you have already been through. And that's all about establishing key rhythms in our lives. And as you've heard, there is an online chapter one happening this term. So if you're not yet in a group, get signed up for chapter one. And we continue to work on developing chapter one and also the next steps following chapter one. But also our regular small groups are just an essential place of support and growth. And our groups have been so strong during this lockdown period, supporting one another through really difficult circumstances. And isn't it often the case that it's in difficult circumstances that we tend to grow the most? But also this time of lockdown has provided opportunities for people to step up and lead in certain areas. And so we've seen leaders emerge, people growing in adversity and also helping to grow others. And then the third thing was reaching out. So we've been continuing to pray for those on our bless lists. Um, And if you don't know what I mean by that, you can find out more about bless on our website. And also I'm going to be talking about bless in a couple of weeks time. So do look out for that. Uh, We've run some really successful online alpha courses. And of course, the dynamic of being online for our services makes it easier than ever before to invite people to church. And I know that many of you have been doing that. But we also continue to love and serve some of the most vulnerable and most marginalised in our town. So those in debt, those who are being affected by addiction and homelessness, women caught in sexual exploitation, And in this lockdown period, we got our Hope Initiative set up through which we've reached and supported many people who have found lockdown particularly challenging. And over the summer, we've been distributing Hope Boxes filled with food and other bits and pieces to families made known to us through local schools. And of course, we've also been able to reach way beyond our shores through supporting King's Church Kathmandu in their amazing relief efforts in Nepal. And, you know, really, it is just a privilege and a joy to see the church in action. The church at its best in adversity, excelling in generosity and excelling in loving each other and loving those outside the church. So that's a brief look back just to see that even in these challenging circumstances, the church is thriving. The church really is thriving. And thank you all for being a part of that. But of course, Vision Sunday is primarily about looking forward. What is God saying to us now? What is he putting on our heart for the church going forward? So I'm going to read from Mark chapter 2 and verses 1 to 12. And it says this, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralysed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk? 
But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And he did get up. He took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is a story of faith and power and authority. This is the kingdom of God breaking out in supernatural healing and salvation power. And it's a story that's really very familiar to many of us. We'll have read it or heard it many times. It's very familiar to us. But how familiar are we in our lives with this kind of faith and power and authority? How much do we expect the kingdom of God and the supernatural to break out in our own lives and also through us wherever we are? Because as I read through the New Testament, that seems to be the expectation. That, that seems to be the model of the church. The context of this story in Mark chapter 2 is, is that Jesus is at home. He's not preaching in a synagogue or in a, a special prearranged meeting. He's just at home in very ordinary surroundings. But this crowd gathers and the opportunity arises to preach the gospel and to heal. This is the kingdom of God breaking into normal life, the supernatural breaking into the natural, preaching signs and wonders in the context of normal life. This is what Jesus modelled. And it was a model for his followers to follow. As you read through the book of Acts, you, you can't miss the signs and wonders in the early church. The church is meant to be a supernatural community because we serve a supernatural God. And by the way, I'm not saying that we don't see the power of God here at King's. We we absolutely do. We have testimonies of miraculous healing and and prophetic words that have been spot on. And we praise God for those testimonies. We, We celebrate them. We give glory to God. But my heart is that we would see more. We want to see more, more of God's power so that we're sharing those kinds of stories every single week. And not just of God healing people in the church, but of God working through you and through me, wherever we are, to bring healing, to bring the love of God, to bring the word of God and to bring salvation to those outside the church. We are ordinary people changed by Jesus to change the world. All of us, every single one of us. In his book, Sustainable Power, Uh, Simon Holly tells a story that he heard from a church in America, uh, which was a a big factor that transformed his thinking about the kind of thing we should be pursuing in the church. The subtitle of it is Creating a Healthy Culture of the Supernatural in the Church Today. So let me just read this story. It goes like this. A young man went late at night to buy donuts at a local supermarket. While in the checkout queue, he noticed that the lady in front of him was wearing two hearing aids. He felt the Lord prompt him to ask her if he could pray with her for healing. The lady agreed, and as the young man prayed, her healing immediately improved to the point where she removed the aids and weeping began to declare, God has healed me. The lady serving at the checkout had observed this, and she was also overcome with emotion, saying, this must be God. And the young man agreed, yes, this is God. He also said, I believe God wants to heal some others in this supermarket. Can I use your loudspeaker? Well, she agreed and he spoke to the supermarket. Attention shoppers, God has just come into this supermarket and healed a lady at checkout 10. He asked the lady to share her story over the loudspeaker system. 
And he then declared, God wants to do more. There's someone here who needs a new hip. And God is speaking to me about carpal tunnel syndrome. It was late at night and this incident was so peculiar that all 20 to 30 people in the store gathered to witness it. A lady in a wheelchair pushed through the crowd saying, I'm the new hip. The young man prayed for her and she leapt out of the chair declaring that she was free of pain. Another man said he had carpal tunnel syndrome and he needed healing and he too was prayed for and became pain free. A few others were healed and then the young man decided that as he had a crowd, he was going to share the good news of Jesus. So he spoke to those gathered, complete with an eyes closed, heads bowed response time. And the young man led seven people to Christ that day. And this is what Simon uh, says about this story. He says, when I heard this story, something shifted in me. I know the USA quite well, including small town American life. It's not so very different from life in the town where I live. I suddenly realized that if God can do this in America, he can do it everywhere. Now, I wonder, how do you react to a story like that? I, mean, I have to be honest with you. I hear a story like that. And on one hand, it is, wow, it's just so exciting. It's really exciting. I think, yes, that, that is what I want for us as a church. That's what I want to see in my life, that, that we would have such boldness and courage and expectancy of God, what God will do, that we hear stories like that all the time here in High Wycombe. And I do want that. I really do. But I'm also aware of the fear and the cynicism and the scepticism that can very often lie in my heart and really get in the way of pursuing the supernatural power of God, of pursuing the Jesus kind of life. That there are things in my heart and I suspect things in many of your hearts, whether it's cynicism or fear or disappointment or or anything else that stop us from trusting God. Uh, Things that need to be cleared out of our hearts if we want to see God move in power in our lives. And we're going to come to some of that in the new year, in the spring term. What I love in this story in Mark chapter 2 is that sense of faith and expectation among these four friends that Jesus is going to do something. Something's going to happen. And they had to show great courage, pushing through the crowd, digging up the roof. I mean, Jesus could have looked up and said, what on earth have you done to my roof? But he didn't say that. It says that he saw their faith. He saw their faith. And what it seemed to do is create this moment for God to move in power. They took intentional and courageous steps towards Jesus on behalf of their friend. And then they waited to see what he would do. I think that's what Jesus calls us to do as his followers. To to almost be a a conduit for his power to break out in everyday life, to to pray for the sick, to listen to God's voice for others, to bring his word and his love into their lives, to speak his word into their lives. And that will take courage and it it takes great faith. But I think God calls us into an adventure of faith. I love the challenge that Stuart and Gaynor brought us last week. They said, what exploits is God calling you into? What exploits is he calling you into? Are you listening to him? Are you trusting him? Are you being obedient to him? And so church, I believe that God wants to lead us into more of his power. That we should have an expectation that his spiritual gifts wouldn't just be manifest in the church, but also on the streets and in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, among our friends, among those on our blessed lists. You know, that that part of serving those on our blessed lists will be serving them supernaturally. 
And again, I'll talk more about bless in a couple of weeks if you're not sure what I mean by that. But that we would create an environment of courage and and taking risks and learning together and just seeing what God will do, seeing what the Father will do. The church is a supernatural community. That is who we are. And so we need to pursue the supernatural in our everyday lives, to pursue it as normal, a normal part of life, and not just to be open to it, but to be hungry for it, to be desperate for it, to be desperate to see God move. Why? Well, because we have a town to reach. We have a town to surround and saturate with the love of Jesus. We're surrounded by people who we want to know that there is a God in heaven who loves them. And how can we reach our town unless God shows up in power? So how do we do this? Well, I think that this year, this year ahead, is a year of laying foundations. And so we'll do some more specific teaching towards the end of this term on the kingdom of God. And particularly in the spring term with a series on being naturally supernatural. But again, the role of prayer and fasting is absolutely key. And I've shared this in another context. I shared this in a church update video. But a few months ago, I felt God speak to me in a very specific way. And it was a picture of the tide coming in on a beach. And I felt God say that the tide has turned And it's coming in. And as that tide comes in, then there are some big waves to catch and to ride. And these are waves of God's favour and his blessing, his power and his salvation. And, you know, to catch a wave, you need to do two things. First of all, you've got to get in the water. You've got to get used to the temperature and get in deeper and deeper and deeper. In other words, you have to have the desire the desire in the first place to catch that wave and to put yourself in a position to do that. But then once you're in position, you need to paddle on your surfboard in time with the wave that is coming in. And if you miss a wave, you go back and you keep trying and you keep paddling until you catch one. And there is a discipline in that, a discipline to to repeatedly paddle in the right rhythm until you catch the wave. And I felt God say to me and also to us as a church, Do you have the desire to go deeper? And are you willing to practice the disciplines of prayer and fasting to make moves towards me and to keep doing it until you see the breakthrough? Because desire and discipline will turn into delight as you catch and ride the wave. And so we need to check our hearts. Do we desire to see the power of God break out in our lives and in our church? And are we prepared to pursue together as many of us as possible to pursue the disciplines of prayer and fasting, to make moves towards God, to pursue this, to cry out to him until we get the delight of the breakthrough and we see him do amazing things. I want us to catch those waves of God's power and blessing and salvation. I don't want us to miss this. Desire, discipline and then delight. Now, I said at the start uh, that I had some news to share with you about a really significant move we're making as a church that will help us in this area that I've been talking about today and in all areas of church life. So we've been a New Frontiers church since 2007. And New Frontiers is a big worldwide family of churches that we're a part of that is joined together by a a set of shared values and, and relational networks. And for the majority of that time, our key relationship has been with Steve Tibbet, 
who leads King's Church London. And we invited Steve in 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 an apostolic capacity to have oversight of us, uh, to speak into us, to ask difficult questions, to challenge us. And, you know, over the years, Steve, he's just been a great gift to us, pushing us on and challenging and provoking us. And he continued to be that for us, even when the structure of New Frontiers changed significantly a few years ago. And it became organised into these different spheres of influence, led by people identified as having an apostolic gifting, a gift to oversee groups of churches. However, as we went through a leadership transition here at King's last year, it also felt like the right time to explore where we might fit in that wider New Frontiers family. And so over the last couple of years, we felt particularly drawn to a sphere of churches within New Frontiers called Catalyst. And Catalyst is led by Simon Holly, whose, whose book I quoted earlier, and uh, who also leads King's Arms Church in Bedford. And Simon actually came and spoke here at King's last September in one of our midweek meetings during our vision series. And we're going to hear a short message from him in a minute as well. So over the last couple of years, a number of us in the staff team and some outside the staff team have been to Catalyst gatherings up in Bedford and we really enjoyed them. We felt very at home among the people there. Then in October last year and also May this year, Simon Holly came to our elders meetings to talk a bit more about Catalyst, to answer any questions that we might have and just to discuss this all together. And in the room, Uh, there was just a settled peace and an excitement about this from us towards Catalyst, but also from them towards us. And so after much prayer and much reflection, we decided as a team of elders that it was the right move for us as a church to proceed with formally joining Catalyst. Still a New Frontiers church, but just aligned with a particular part of New Frontiers. So let's listen now to this short message from Simon Holly. Welcome to the Catalyst family. You've heard from John that you have a church have joined us and I am thrilled to have you part of us. We've been so pleased to get to know some of your leaders, got to know John, got to know a number of the others of your leaders, even took a short trip uh, to Cyprus with Neil and Des to visit a church there. I was officially the third wheel, but it was fun and it has been great to get to hear some of the history of Kings and to serve together overseas. You might be wondering, what does it mean for you? What does it mean to be part of an apostolic family of churches? Well, if you look at the churches in the New Testament, what you see is not a picture of isolated churches, but churches connected together. You see prophets and teachers being sent from one church to another to bring strength to one another. You see that when one group of people are under pressure from uh, the threat of famine, other churches rally together and bring finance to help them out. You see, when one church is facing issues that they've got to work out, that strength and wisdom resources come from other churches to help them. You see people moving between churches to bring long term training to help and to help one another to reach more people for Jesus. You see people praying for one another and caring about one another, giving thanks for one another, even though they are hundreds of miles apart. You see a sense of family and community across communities. And that's what we believe in today. That's what we're building as part of Catalyst. Catalyst is a a family of over 300 churches focused mostly in Europe, in the UK, Africa, Middle East and Asia. We run festivals and conferences where we can gather to hear from God and get vision for the mission that he's calling us to. We have networks of artists and business leaders and kids and youth workers. We run training for our young people and theological training for leaders in the church and the workplace. We plant churches together, like the one just launching in Sheffield and the 20 other church plants we've got going on in the UK alone. 
We support one another, like a recent offering of over £600,000, which we raised together for the churches in the developing world who are most struggling with the virus. Together, we fill over 20,000 people, giving them emergency food and medicine. And we work together as smaller hubs of churches that support and strengthen uh, each other. Next week, I think you're going to be hearing from Phil Wilty, who leads the hub that you as a church are going to be joining. And there is so much more I could tell you. Uh, you can find out more at the catalystnetwork.org, but that's a taster of what it means to join. And I'm thrilled to have you all join us, both to bring your unique gifts and strengths from Kings, but also to learn and grow together. You're so welcome. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for taking a few minutes to listen. You know, it is really, really exciting to be connecting with Simon and his team. And as he said, we're going to hear next week from Phil Wilthew, who's also based at King's Arms Church in Bedford and who leads that particular hub within Catalyst that we're a part of. But also it's exciting to be joining into this wider family of churches with a passion about world mission and loads of different links overseas, a passion about church planting, a passion about pursuing the things of God. This will strengthen us as a church in many different ways and not least in the area of the prophetic and the supernatural that I've been talking about today. And we will, of course, also be able to strengthen catalysts. It's just great to be in partnership with these guys. And as Simon said, you can find out more about Catalyst at catalystnetwork.org. So just to, just to draw to a close today, in that story we've looked at today, we see the power and the authority of Jesus in action. He has given us that authority. He's given us his authority. If you are in Christ, you are a son or a daughter of the living God, and your authority comes out of that identity. Jesus instructed his followers, including us, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to free the oppressed. We've been commissioned by him, and not just a few people, not just a few superstars, all of us, all of his followers. And when we pursue that, and when we take courageous steps towards God, just waiting to see what the Father will do, the result is glory to God. At the end of the story in Mark 2, it tells us that the people praised God and they said, we've never seen anything like this. You know, we owe it to our town to be the supernatural people of God. Or as Francis Chan says in one of his books, I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. I don't believe God wants me to live in a way that makes sense from the world's perspective, a way I know I can manage. If we never pray audacious, courageous prayers, how can he answer them? No matter where you live and what your days look like, you have the choice each day to depend on yourself, to live safely and to try and control your life, or you can live as you were created to live as a temple of the Holy Spirit, dependent on him, desperate for God the Spirit to show up and make a difference. That's the kind of life I want. That's the kind of life I want for our church. So church, let's go into this term and into this year full of hope and full of faith. Let's get on an adventure of faith. Let's be courageous, listening to what God is asking you to do. And let's see what the Father will do. Let's pray and let's fast until we see the breakthrough. We serve the God of the breakthrough. So let's come before him now and worship him together.